uh, back at it. We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham. Joined as always by Colby Powell in Snowmageddon 2021. It's been a wild year with the pandemic. Now it's a wild 2021 with the uh, snowstorm. It, it wasn't quite, you know, two feet, all the projections we saw, Colby, but uh, plenty of snow out there to go play in. Plenty of snow, and it is colder outside today than the ice running through Cade Cunningham's veins. Stay inside. Oh, nicely done. Stay inside. Thank you. Now, you are going to go out and play in this, even though it is five degrees or whatever it is right now. I absolutely intend on finding somewhere in the metro area this afternoon that I can strap my skis on and get down a hill, even if it's a small hill. I'm in. Yeah. There's not a ton of, you know massive hills in oklahoma but you can find some for sure that'd be that'd be yeah. a lot of fun i'm gonna stay inside build, where it's build warm a ramp. Build, build, find a good hill build a little ramp about halfway down be a business. yeah yeah it's not too bad uh the podcast is brought to you by chris university spirit as always go to chrisuniversityspirit.com for all your cowboy shopping needs i don't know if chris is open today there's a ton of snow on the ground still water got hammered just like everywhere else did but uh, go up to chris's this week once the snow is cleared and get all your cowboy shopping needs met we appreciate Chris's, uh, as always. We do have a bit of breaking news here to start the podcast, Colby. Uh, Bedlam got postponed. It was already postponed till the end of March for back-to-back -back games, but the one that was on February 25th, I guess, got pushed back to March 1st. Uh, interesting news, considering, I guess, they're citing weather, even though that's 10 days away, but maybe if it, maybe it's going to snow another two feet, like, like they thought originally. Yeah, here's the thing. Everybody's, like, really on edge and kind of scared now about the weather, and not want to do anything and just be stuck in, inside. I We're going to be fine. We got like four inches of snow yesterday. We're going to be fine next week. I, I think it's a little weird to postpone it this far out. That being said, I love it because the 25th is my wife's birthday and basketball is my wife's least favorite sport. So you know what we weren't going to be doing the night of the 25th? Watching, <laughs> watching <Bedlam> basketball. <laughs> but you know what we will be doing the night of March 1st? Watching Bedlam basketball. So count me in on the Thursday to Monday reschedule. Yeah, a little March Madness bedlam already in March 1st. Um, I'm confused by this because, you know, obviously it's 10 days away and Oklahoma State's playing Iowa State tonight. Like, wouldn't weather be uh, tomorrow, a concern tomorrow. for Iowa State? Or wait, today's Monday. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock. Which, again, I know they moved the time up due to weather to 3 o'clock, but my days all run together when it's a pandemic and it's I've been snowed in for the last two days, but we are supposed to get more snow on Tuesday, Colby. And I guess that's why they moved it up to three. Apparently it's going to come in later, but I'm surprised they're worrying about postponing bedlam right now when the Iowa state game's still on tomorrow. Yeah, I am too. It's, you know, it snowed last night and then it's not supposed to really start snowing again until tomorrow night, which would be Tuesday night. So I guess they're thinking maybe if they move it up to the afternoon, they can get this game in and they can get the Cyclones headed back to Ames before it starts snowing again. Um, I, I don't know. Obviously, they've looked at it a lot more closely than I have. You certainly don't want this game to get postponed or canceled this late in the season, especially if you're Oklahoma State. I mean, Iowa State, look, there's not a free win in conference basketball, but Iowa State's about as close as you get to a free win. So if you're Oklahoma State, pushed up to three, pushed up to noon, play this game at 9 o'clock in the morning if you have to. But whatever you have to do, play Iowa State. Yeah, we'll we'll drive up to Ames if you want to, if you really want us to. We'll go to Ames twice. We'll play in Kansas City. Yeah, there you go. go uh, reopen Kemper for a night, or I guess the uh, the Sprint Center where they 
post the Big 12 championship game. Um, yeah, you certainly want the Iowa State game to happen. You'd be fine if Baylor got postponed, but you definitely need to play the Iowa State game. And to me, Colby, Bedlam to me is shaping up to be, obviously, we knew it was going to be big having back-to-back Bedlam games, but Oklahoma's legit, man. They went on the road and they beat West Virginia in double overtime over the weekend. They're just a really solid team from top to bottom. They don't have the the Trey Young, Buddy Heald, National Player of the Year contender on their team this year, but those are going to be two tough ball games for OSU back-to-back. I've been impressed with Long Kruger's done in Norman. Yeah, Long Kruger is the AP National Coach of the Year, in my opinion, and in a lot of people's opinion. He took a team that was projected to be middle of the pack, maybe even middle to lower. Seventh. I think seventh is what they were picked. Yeah, in, in the Big 12 Conference, not in the nation, and that's about where they are nationally. And they just, I mean, they keep doing it. Great win in double overtime Saturday against West Virginia. It, it just seems like they make all the right plays. They do all the little things throughout a game that add up at the end and you end up winning. You know, they shoot the three pretty well. They shoot free throws exceptionally well. They make about as many free throws as their uh, opponents attempt throughout the course of the season, and, and they make them whenever they get there. So, uh, they're a tough team. It's going to be a tough close to the season. You know, the win on Saturday was was nice. I think that game was not as close as the final score would indicate. Oklahoma State, that was pretty much a cakewalk. Should have another one against Iowa State. Then you've got four games against Baylor Tech and two against OU that are really going to determine whether you limp into the tournament as a 10 or an 11 seed or whether you get into the tournament strong as a 5 or 6 seed. Yeah, and I, I'm concerned for the final stretch. I don't know how you're feeling, but – you mentioned the Kansas State game. Obviously, they won, and they, they dominated the first half. They were up by 16, even though Cade had only had three points in the first half. But, man, Colby, they just they played so sloppy. The turnovers just really killed them yet again. I know they won the game, but, man, if, they, if they're going to keep playing, like, how they're playing, how they're trending over the last two, three games, I just – I don't like their odds here down the stretch because I thought it was pretty ugly against Kansas State. Uh, yeah, it was. I think it was a little prettier in the first half. And then I think that they just kind of coasted to the finish line. You know, they were up by what so you're not it? concerned. You're, you're, you're cool. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty cool. I think if you were to put me on the spot right now and, and say that last four of those games against Baylor tech and OU, I think Oklahoma state goes two and two in that stretch against Baylor one against tech and then two That's against fair. OU. So um, and, and two and two would be good, by the way. I think absolute best case scenario, everything breaks your way. You go three and one. Uh, I think worst case scenario, everything goes the other way. You go zero oh and four. But I'm I'm meeting in the middle, and I think it'll be a two and two stretch to close. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a nice finish, I would think, with that with that schedule. Uh, but in terms of Kansas State, we mentioned on the show last last time out. I mean, Isaac likely nursing the foot injury. Mike Boynton decides to sit him to start the game. I think. I think he could have played if they, they needed him to. They they obviously didn't feel they needed him against Kansas State. They ultimately did not. But it was nice to see that, which looking back, Colby, we probably should have just predicted that he wasn't going to play. Because, I mean, they've, they've held out Moncrief this year with, with a foot injury. Likely just too important to keep throwing him out there the way he's been playing. I think they need to get him right, at least at least sit in the Kansas State game. Maybe you can even afford to sit him against Iowa State as well uh, tomorrow night. But uh, I thought it was interesting to see that that likely didn't play and Rondell Walker got the start. What was your take on uh, their handling of likely and and Rondell getting the nod? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. I I hope Isaac likely doesn't play again tomorrow against Iowa State. Let's get him a full 10 days, close to two weeks of rest if we can. It's just he's too valuable. And part of the reason that I'm I'm fairly confident is because I think 
you know, he was playing great basketball, and this team looked like it was really starting to, to move on an upward trajectory before Isaac likely hurt his foot, and we saw the production seriously drop off, especially on the offensive end. It makes it harder to move laterally uh, on defense, and he just wasn't able to give Oklahoma State as much as he was before that foot injury. And part of the reason I think they're going to be okay, you give a guy two weeks who needs it, Maybe he comes out and he looks refreshed and he looks better. So I love the way they handled it with Likely. I liked Rondell Walker getting the start. Uh, I thought he played well for the most part, uh, considering – was that his first start? I believe so. Yeah, I think that was his first start. So, yeah, I thought he played well, and I liked the way that they handled it, especially against a team like Kansas State that you pretty much know you're going to beat regardless. Yeah, with the, with the way Likely's played lately last month or so, it's easy to forget this guy put his name into the NBA draft, like to get his card last year like he was considering going to the nba that's how good he was uh, down the stretch last year for oklahoma state he's such a versatile you know guard that can play either one or the two spot obviously he's not a great outside shooter which will hurt his nba prospects but that's just the level of where his stock was last year so i i like the move i agree with you sit him the next two get him right for that that huge stretch uh, down the stretch of the season and again rondell walker to me he's just a dog like you need a dog on your team that just doesn't care about his own stats, just gets after it on both ends of the floor. He had that huge steal and then the alley-oop to Cade, which was kind of the play of the game, Colby, where Cade had the alley-oop. He posted the dude and then kind of glared back at him, which was pretty pretty ice cold. Uh, but I just, I love Rondell Walker. I love the energy he brings. He just makes things happen. He's not always going to shoot it great from the outside. And he hit, he hit two threes. Uh, he went over against uh, the most recent game, but Again, I, I love Rondell Walker. I think he brings a lot of energy. I think likely obviously should start, but and I like Walker's energy off the bench, but I'm going to look forward to watching this guy play for the next four years. Yeah, I am too. Just like you said, the energy. I mean, the energy is just second to none, just goes after it every time he gets out there. So uh, like you said, young, which is nice. It's, you know, in a perfect world, just in a dream world, we would get to watch Kate Cunningham stick around for four years and watch <laughs> everybody on this roster grow together. And then imagine what they would look like in what, like 2024. It, it'd be ridiculous. Now we don't live in a perfect world. We live in the real world. Uh, and when you get to make tens of millions of dollars, you go make tens of millions of dollars, but it's kind of a fun thought exercise to think about what they would look like if, if Kate did stick around for four full years. That's why college basketball used to be so good. Like when, when we were kids, like guys like K played at least three years. They, the really good guys would leave and, and forego their junior year. The, the really, really good ones would, would leave after their sophomore year. And just as you mentioned, you would get to see teams kind of grow together and become, you know, the final product. I always think back to that Florida team under Billy Donovan where they had Al Horford, Joakim Noah, Corey Brewer, and those guys played three, four years together. And those guys were we're all first round draft picks. So it's just, that's why I think the, the product that is college basketball, you know, it's easy for, for old fogies like me to say, well, it was so much better when I was a kid for these kids that are in college now. And it's like, well, the product was better because the players were better. These were guys that could have been in the NBA that if, if it was today's uh, era. So yeah, as much as I'd love to see Cade uh, next three or four years, we obviously know that's not happening. And again, another slow start, I know you're tired of hearing it. Fran Fraschillo was probably throwing his remote at the TV uh, that Cade came out with just three points in the first half. It didn't matter, Colby, but as much as we kind of break down Cade and his first halves versus his second halves, lo and behold, he's a true freshman and he's the leading scorer in the Big 12. So 
he's pretty much lived up to the billing of of a top the top recruit in the country because he did close k-state and that's to me that's more important i would have way more concerns if he was big in the first halves and then wilted and went away in the second half when the game's on the line so if i had to pick it the other way around i wouldn't so i again i think cade's lived up to the billing he's the leading scorer in the big 12 as a true freshman he was uh good not great against k-state but but did what they had to do to win yeah i think branding is really important and i think for some reason this has been branded as cade cunningham struggles in the first half and and i don't think that that's what's happening here i i think that in the first half cade cunningham is being so selfless that he's not scoring as much I, i really when i watched the games i watched that game saturday and i really tried to pay attention and differentiate his first half from his second half And in the first half, I didn't think he even looked interested in scoring. I I didn't think it was something that really even, you know, was barely on his radar. And then in the second half, I thought, you know, he took a couple step back threes, drove to the lane, shot the little mid-range floater. I thought he did a little bit more of that. But I I think that branding has gotten us to the point where we're worried about Cade Cunningham in the first half. I think he's just, uh, I mean, maybe even you could say too unselfish in the first half. But I think that's part of why we've seen other guys, other guys develop throughout the season is because they all trust each other. They all get their chances to score. And I think it's better for the team that way because what you don't want is like what we saw with Trey Young and Norman where they got to be the number four ranked team in the country. And then Trey stopped trusting his teammates and started shooting 35 times a game. The chemistry went straight to hell. They barely made it into the tournament and got bounced in the first round. I, I think it's much more important for this team to stay united and be ready to go to come tournament time than it is for Cade Cunningham. You, you know, if he's averaging 18 points per game, I don't need him to score nine in the first half and nine in the second half. If he scores <laughs> three in the first half and 15 in the second half, we still get to 18. I, I'm still okay. I totally agree. And I'm glad you brought up Trey Young because I was about to as well. Like that just shows you Cade's just not that type of player, just in terms of his skill set, his mentality, his makeup. He's far more. Like, remember when LeBron James was on TV in high school and he would, he'd be trying to be more Magic Johnson than Michael Jordan in terms of passing the ball and, and playing an all around game. I think that's way more Cade's speed and, and what he's comfortable doing. I don't think he's comfortable shooting it 40 times in a game like we saw Trey do a few times. I mean, it, it certainly could be the Cade Cunningham bring the ball down the floor and create your own shot every time down the floor. That's just not how Kate plays basketball. Like he's played on some really good AAU teams with, with kids of his caliber to where I think he's learned how to play team basketball. And I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't freak out about the halftime or the first half versus second half numbers. And again, I, I love that it's the second half that he plays well. That's when the game's on the line. So I'm exactly. with you. And, and that's just, that's just his style of play. I think more than anything. And I, and I'm with you. I do think he tries to get his teammates involved. He, t- he talks about that a lot. So I'm not going to be freaking out next game when he has five points at halftime. It just kind of is what it is. And especially if OG's up by 16 at halftime, there's really nothing to freak out about like they were against Kansas State. So one thing that they can you can freak out about if you're watching this team, Colby, as I mentioned, the, the 17 turnovers led to 27 points for Kansas State. Uh, they were up by 20, and then K-State made like six straight baskets to really – kind of make the second half a little more interesting than it had to be. But to your point, it looked like they kind of switched off on defense, which you wouldn't figure they would do against an Oklahoma uh, or, you know, one of the better teams in the league. But the turnovers, Colby, I mean, it's a, it's a broken record. But once again, they were pretty sloppy with the basketball. 
Yeah, and I can see somebody out there right now. Well, Isaac Likely didn't play. That's one of your primary ball handlers. Of course, the turnovers are going to go up. The problem is the turnovers didn't go up. The turnovers stayed about where they've been, which is about in that 17 range. And look, uh, turning the ball over like four times in a, a full game, it's not realistic. But if you can get that 17 number down to 12, I mean, those five possessions, that's such a big swing throughout the course of a game. Oklahoma State, think of how many close games Oklahoma State's been in, and then think of all the careless turnovers that we've seen throughout the season. And it's just become uh, a real problem for Oklahoma State. I I do, Carson, want to give just a little golf clap for Oklahoma State because they did something that I did not think they would be able to do this season. Oklahoma State only attempted nine free throws but Carson, they made all nine, 100% from the stripe as a team. That deserves a golf clap. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, that that's rare. Now, why do they only shoot nine? That well, they just I guess they shot 28 threes. That that's probably your answer yeah. there. Uh, but, but say hey, they shot 35, almost 36% from three. You can you can live with that total. K State only shot 26%. But they popped up a graphic. Colby during I think after the game was over that just blew my mind because I grew up again I grew up going to old Gallagher when Kansas State was like laughably bad them and like A&M when they come to town you you felt bad for like the players on those teams because they were so terrible and had no chance to win well they popped up a graphic when OSU won it's the first time OSU has swept Kansas State in basketball since 2007 what when Bob Huggins came to town and then obviously Frank Martin took over, that's kind of the same time in which OSU started to go downward. I mean, the Sean Sutton era had just begun or was coming to an end rather in, in 07 and Travis Ford. And we all know the, the history of OSU, but doesn't that blow your mind? Cause Kansas state used to be like automatic win every single year. It's the first time they swept him since 07. Yeah, that is wild, man. Because K-State, I mean, K-State had some good years in there. There's no doubt way back in the day, probably around 07, maybe a little sooner they had Michael Beasley. And they've had some good players come through, but they've been pretty average for quite a while. So that's, that is shocking to me that Oklahoma State hasn't swept them since 2007. And now they're going to do it this year when every school in the Big 12 is going to sweep them. What are they, 1-12 in, in conference play? Who even, who even did Kansas State beat? Had to, had to be Iowa, had to be Iowa State, right? Had to be Iowa State, right? Well, I'm pulling it up. Well, Bruce Weber actually has been better than average. I mean, he he shared a piece of the Big 12 championship game. I think two years ago. I mean, K State was like a two or a three seed. Uh, so I, again, I've always thought Bruce Weber lived off of uh, Bill Self's recruits up at Illinois. You know, he had that Illinois team make the the championship game with all yeah. of Bill Self's recruits with Darren Williams yeah. in them and. Once those got once self's recruiting classes were gone, he was out of a job. I thought he did the same thing at Kansas State with with Frank Martin's recruits, and now it's they're kind of heading downward in that direction. So it, it took a little longer than I thought it would with Bruce Weber. He, he did a great job the last few years, but that stat my, blew my, my mind. So Kansas State played its first conference game on December fifteenth against Iowa State, and they won that game on December fifteenth against Iowa State by nine points. <laughs> and they are 0 and 12 in conference since. Wow. Yeah. Blew them out. Have not won a game at all in 2021. Their last win was against Omaha on December 29th. They beat Omaha by two points. Jeez. K State <laughs> was a four. K State was a four seed in 2019. Of wow, course, they they crazy. lost they lost to a 13 seed in UC Irvine, and they made the elite. That. 
They made the Elite Eight in 2018. So Weber's done a pretty good job okay. the last two years. I mean, they were a nine seed. Right. They were a nine seed and made it to the Elite Eight. Now they they got to play. Oh, they got to play the 16 seed in the second round. UMBC beat whoever that was for the number one seed. The first time a 16 had beat a one. So they got a little lucky with the draw. But anyway, that, that stat blew my mind. Uh, let's get to uh, buckets and bricks, shall we, Colby? Uh, this is our segment where we give out positive and negative uh, applause, golf claps for um, play on the court. I'll start. Uh, my, my bucket goes to, and again, I thought everyone was mostly solid against Kansas State. I didn't think anybody was truly outstanding. Kate obviously closed the door as he's want to do, but I just love, he didn't have like the greatest game, certainly not, but I just love the swagger of Bryce Williams. I just love it. Like he hit a three at one point in the first half, Colby, and just kind of like did the, this subtle like turn, like he just turned around almost as the ball was going through the hoop. I don't know if you remember that play, but it was like so swaggy. And he had that, he has that, those dunks where he has just so much extra flair to them. I just, I love Bryce Williams. I hope I could watch him again next year. Can he come back next year with the COVID rules or no? I, I, I lose track uh, I on spring sports. I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't think I, so I, either. I forget, but, but I don't think so. Yeah, I wish we could watch him in some more because I, I just I love what he's brought to this team. Yeah, I do too. I think he's been unbelievable. And I'm, I'm glad he made it because if he didn't, that'd be a major hole Oklahoma State would have had to fill. And I, I really don't know what it would look like. Um, had he not come over no I'm kidding my bucket and and I, I don't mean this sarcastically at all I'm giving my bucket to uh, Bernard Kuma for a couple of reasons number one he played a few more minutes than he usually does he, he, he normally doesn't get to five minutes he played eight minutes on Saturday I thought he was very um, locked in the entire way and again this isn't sarcasm career high in points it, it was three but it's a career high in points and it's just the slow development that I think we're seeing with Bernard Kuma that makes me want to give him uh, the bucket in that win against Kansas state. I think we're just slowly seeing him start to get a little better. So I'm hopeful that some of the experience that he's got this year will be able to help him next year and the year after uh, to where hopefully he can be a contributor for Oklahoma state that by the end of his career can be playing 20 minutes a game. And he went one for one from the free throw line. He contributed to those nine for nine yeah. at the yeah. line. He, he could have ruined the perfect game, but he didn't. Uh, it, it blows me away. He's from Chad. Like, that's, that's like such a remote place in Africa. Like I, I don't, I haven't really read his backstory and how he got recruited, but that is just a, a wild journey from Chad to Stillwater. Well, I love I to learned, read a story about that. I learned that he was from Chad on Monday, February 15th at 11.04 AM. There you go. They, I, did I learned that on the, I learned it on the broadcast when he was at the free throw line. So nice. I, I haven't known it for that long, but uh, my brick, who's my brick going to be? Um, do you have a brick ready? Cause I'll have to think about mine. I hadn't really come up with one. Yeah, yet. I've got a brick ready. Go, uh, go for it. I'm, throwing, I'm throwing my brick out to everybody who was on the court when Kansas state went on a 14 to nothing run. <laughs> I mean, like I said, the game wasn't as close as I think the final score was. The win probability for Oklahoma State never sank down below, I think, 82% was as low as it ever got. That being said, I mean, Kansas State hasn't won a game in 2021. What are you doing letting them go on a 14 to nothing run? I understand that you're going to win that game, and I know you bounced back and started scoring, but I, I really thought that we saw a bunch of college kids start to – disrespect their opponent and get lazy in the middle of that second half. I, I don't know what other description there is for it 
whenever you're dominating like that and then you give up a 14 nothing run Oklahoma State looked very lethargic for a spell and it's almost like they had to wake themselves up to finish that game so I know it's against Kansas State I know it's not the end of the world you probably don't fall asleep like that against a better team but uh, I'll still give them a brick for that little run they allowed in the second half it's a disturbing trend. That's what I'll call it. And uh, I guess my bricks got to go to Mike Boynton for letting it happen. I mean, I know he called timeout at one point to, to stem the tide, but teams that turn it over at the rate OSU does consistently every single game, I think ultimately, you know, you can blame young players, but ultimately I think that that ultimately has to fall at the feet of the head coach. So I, again, I, I'm not being overly critical here with my brick. I just think Mike Boynton needs to clean it up and he needs to, get it fixed because that's that ultimately falls at his feet with the uh i mean 17 colby i mean that you can live with 12 but 17 and 18 and 21 like that that's going to get you beat it really will and if, if again i said this team a successful season would be to win an ncaa tournament game well if you turn it over 17 times in the dance in an eight nine game you're cooked i just don't think you're going to win that game so they got to fix it yeah i agree they so. uh just a little too much floppiness. Just clean yeah. it up a little bit, and this team can be really good. One quick note, Cade Cunningham could be the first player since Shane Battier to win the Naismith High School and College Player of the Year. That'd be a pretty amazing feat. I didn't know Shane Battier was the National High School Player of the Year coming out of, out of high school, but that would be a uh, – that'd be interesting, Colby. I mean, OSU's never had a National Player of the Year, have they? I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'll Let's be go back to like Perlin, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that they're going to have one this year unless Cade just goes bananas and they win all four of these games down the stretch. I just think there's a couple other guys that, you, you know, are on better teams. And I yeah. know somebody's going to tweet, well, it shouldn't matter how good of a team you're on. Well, maybe it should, maybe it shouldn't. But the fact is, it's probably going to whenever people to go to fill out their ballots and they look at well, what Zach and Taylor are doing. Trey uh, Young, Trey Young won one. one. Trey Young, Young won it on a bad team that shouldn't have made the tournament. Yeah, and the thing about Trey Young, you know, it's just a different in in the number of points being scored. I mean, Trey was a big-time scorer, and that's what people like to see. People like to look down at the box score and see those huge numbers, and that's what Trey Young was giving him. He averaged like 27 a game that year, and Cade just doesn't play that way. It's not what he does. So I, I don't think Cade will win the National Player of the Year. I still think he'll be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to win that award. He might. I think he I think he has a chance, but I think you're right. I think it'll go to the Suggs kid from Gonzaga because if, if Gonzaga goes undefeated, like obviously he's probably going to get the nod if, if all things being equal. But you're right, though. Like Trey was like leading Sports Center every night. You don't really see that with, with Cade just yet just because he doesn't have the ridiculous gaudy numbers or the insane highlights every night. So you might be right about that. But Yeah, well, and he's just not as flashy either. So he's not yeah. drawing the eyeballs. Yeah, like the one-handed bounce passes aren't going to lead Sports Center like shooting from the mid-court line, you know. So. And by the way, he did throw a one-handed bounce pass on the on the run uh, in transition on Saturday against K-State. That was pretty pretty sweet. Also, we haven't even talked about the alley oop yet. I should have given that one my bucket. The alley oop where Cade threw down on that kid's head was pretty nice. Yeah, and the the stare. I think OSU tweeted out a picture of Cade staring back at the guy. That was that was pretty sick. Yeah. That, that, that probably should have been a bucket as well. So, uh, Colby, uh, you got one interesting thing before we get out of here? I do have one interesting thing. So, I don't know how much people have been keeping up with what's happening with Oklahoma State wrestling, but there's an Oklahoma State wrestling star named Dayton Fix. Dayton Fix uh, was coming off a year-long suspension this weekend 
for Oklahoma State in an event that Oklahoma State essentially created out of nothing so that he would be able to get his four required tournaments under his belt before the Big 12 tournaments. Because you have to wrestle, I guess, in at least four tournaments before the Big 12s or you're ineligible to wrestle in the conference tournament. So they created this tournament. He absolutely dominated, won his weight class. Uh, and there was another kid. Let me pull up his name. And this is my one interesting thing. So Dustin Plot wrestles for Oklahoma State. Dustin Plot, in the middle of his match, Carson, dislocated his shoulder, popped it back into place, punched himself in the head like three times, and kept wrestling. And oh that is God. just – I mean, if that's not Oklahoma State wrestling, I don't know what is. They are a different breed. That is They're, so amazing. Oh it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. It also doesn't surprise me that – I guess I didn't understand the incentive to having the tournament for fixes uh, qualifications, but I did notice they were having this wrestling tournament in the middle of the, as the blizzard was occurring. Yeah. And I just thought that was like, so wrestling, like we don't care if it's snowing 20 inches or 15 inches, whatever they were saying on the news, like we're, we're wrestling, but we don't care. So I thought, that, I thought that was awesome. But fixes, you know, I've kind of compared him to like the LeBron of wrestling. He's kind of just this super talented, super high level prospect. That's, you know, he had to sit out, Colby. He was suspended from USADA for uh, some sort of, you know, drug test that came back uh, dirty. And we don't really understand what, what the what the situation was there. He had to sit out, but he's back. And I think he looks like an individual national champion because he, he was just smoking dudes, pinning dudes uh, up there in Stillwater. So that, that yeah, was a good one. He was, yeah, he was demolishing everybody. And, yeah, like you said, the wrestlers are a different breed. Advise to all the kids out there, if you're going to be a freshman at Oklahoma State, Ask your buddies if that guy's on the wrestling team before you mouth off to him because just because he's smaller than you doesn't mean you want to uh, partake in those festivities. Yeah, if you see Cauliflower Ear, just just buy him a beer and say say hello. <laughs> say hello. Don't, don't, uh, don't talk smack. That would end poorly uh, for you. My, real quick story. My freshman year at Oklahoma State, I was at a party, and this guy, he had to have been 6'2", maybe 210, starts mouthing off to this kid that's like 5'7", 135. <laughs> Uh, and I mean, this, this taller guy was really letting him have it. And then this smaller kid just rolled him up and, uh, and gave him the business. And it was, it was pretty awesome. If I'm being honest to watch the little kid get after the big guy who was running his mouth. Oh, two, two of my best friends were wrestlers in high school. And one of which was really wild and liked to get in fights. And he was about that same size, about five, seven, one thirty-five, And he would just take you down and you know, start whooping up on you. And I saw him beat up dudes three times his size. So I knew from an early age not to, not to mess with wrestlers. So uh, yeah. my one interesting thing, uh, three Cowboys with 40 to one odds to win the Masters. What Matthew Wolf. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, so Wolf and Hovland are the two obvious ones. Yeah. I got to find a third one. I don't think it would be well, Ricky. I don't think he's going to be in the tournament. Is it Ricky? It's Ricky, which... Mm. You would think his odds would be higher considering he's not even in the field yet <laughs> and probably won't be to get housed, I guess, by some Ricky fans. If he makes his way. Yeah. In. This is from sports line. It was on the, uh, the daily bullets on PFB, but, uh, but no, I mean, I, I'm interested to see how Matthew Wolf plays Augusta because certainly his length could be very Bryson ish in terms of the angles he takes. And obviously Victor Hovland has a great history there being the low am when, uh, when tiger won it. So it's gonna be a lot of fun watching those guys at Augusta. Yeah, it absolutely will be. I think, uh, let's just say not who wins a major first. If you had to pick one of the Oklahoma State golfers to win the Masters first, would it be Hovland? Because I'm probably leaning Hovland. Um, yeah, 
I just you got to say though, Matthew Wolf's had far more success in the majors. That's the only well, thing that gives me know? pause. I know it's not an easy. I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not posing it like it's an easy question. I might go Wolf. I really. I mean, I think Victor. Obviously, he played really well there to to be the low am, but I just feel like Matthew's shown me more in the May. I mean, he's he probably could have. He probably should have won the PGA if he just he missed a couple short putts coming home, and then he was obviously in the final group at the U.S. Open. So at this point. I don't know. I go back and forth on these two all the time. I thought Hovland was going to be the better pro at first because he's more consistent. Then Wolf just went on a tear. Uh, so I don't know. I'll, I'll go Wolf. Yeah, I I think that's what makes it such a great question. I think if we asked a hundred Oklahoma State golf fans if it would be Wolf or Hovland to get the first, I think they'd be pretty split. And I think that that's what makes it great is that you've got. I mean, if you look at the rankings, two of the top fifteen, top twenty players in the world both came from Oklahoma State in the last three years. It's just. It's it's exciting. So, uh, man, I'm football season's over now. So I've kind of pivoted to finishing up college basketball and watching a bunch bunch of golf. So I'm excited to watch Wolf and Hovland. Yep, I can't wait for the Masters. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, Colby, enjoy the snow. Stay warm. Uh, wear two gloves like uh, they did on Dumb and Dumber because uh, <laughs> it is the Rockies. Yes, it is. We are in the Rockies in the state of Oklahoma. Everybody, be <laughs> careful out today. If you have to get out, be careful. All right, Colby. Well, uh, I guess you're going on a ski trip, too. So you're getting your early skiing in Oklahoma, and then you're going on to New Mexico. So we'll, we'll check in with you uh, next week. Sounds like a plan. Y'all enjoy the basketball this week. Go Pokes! <laughs>